Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. I am Sonny. I am here hosting with the host with the most, Caleb. How are you? I, I can't complain too, too much. Awesome. How was your vacation? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It was awesome. I am so sunburnt. <laughs> so burnt. For those following us on Twitter, you saw. It's oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was bad. Woo. Oh, dude, it was so bad, I couldn't sleep. It was it was waking me up in the middle of the night because it was wrapped all the way around my like the middle of my arms. Big oof. Yeah, it was so. What it was is we went to so okay for those that don't know we live in Louisiana. Me and the wife we drove to Florida. Uh, the the place in Florida we went to was about an uh, about an eight hour drive, which it would well it would have been eight with just us. We had a four year old in the car, so it was ten and a half on the way there because of. Having a four-year-old and traffic, mainly traffic, and then on the way back, we actually made several stops, took a different path, to, which was a little bit farther, but you know we got to do some more stuff, and uh, we made a one big stop at a big uh, space center, which was super cool, and uh, I mean it was like like thirteen and a half hours, so long drive, but I got bad burnt because the middle of the week we went on this boating trip. And we stopped in an area where we could do snorkeling. And I was literally just face down in the water for like an hour and a half or two hours. And oh, no. Yeah, and I I had applied sunscreen. Obviously not enough or well, not I strong enough. I didn't re-up after a while. Oh. Right, so it was waterproof for 80 minutes. And so we were in one area for an hour and a half, rode around for a half hour, and then we went to that area for an hour and a half, and I never re-upped after the first shot. That was your mistake. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I paid for it too. But now it's a beautiful golden tan. So, uh, hey, th- at least it worked out. Yeah, I, I'm one. Of, I'm one of the lo- those lucky people that when I burn by like three to four days later, the burn's pretty much gone, just a little uncomfortable. And I'm like tanning out really nicely. So sadly, I'm the opposite, where my skin just kind of boils and blisters. And, yeah, and, and then and then after it peels, <laughs> it's just back to being pale. My wife is the same way. She's just like, it's no luck at all. Just and what's what's funny is we're he's very lucky. My son doesn't burn. Like he he just skips the burn and goes straight to tan. Mm. His Mm-mm. ears, the top of his ears, when we left there, that was it was like we we we. We just to be safe, we we got we got him head to toe. We were so confident that we sunscreened everything, and then we got into it, and he literally the tops of his ears were deep lobster red, and we were like, "Oh no, he's gonna be crying. He's gonna be in tears. We messed up. That was the one place we missed. He was wearing a hat and everything, 
but it wasn't like a big floppy hat. We missed the top of his ears. And it lo- they looked literally so burnt. They looked like they were on fire. And then the next day, that evening, we went to look at him to put aloe on him and stuff. And it literally looked like nothing had ever happened. We were like, how? What kind of what kind of genetic sorcery is that? I don't know. I think it's from my mom's side, man. But it's probably a combination of that and because he's still so young. Uh you know, whatever it is, I'm just happy that he's good. Oh yeah, most definitely. So, but um, I was gonna go to the locals while we were there, but I looked it up, and the closest card shop that did tournaments was like an hour and a half away when there was no traffic, and because we were at the beach on Fourth of July week. Yeah, traffic was insane. Exactly that, yeah. and they were having a big baseball tournament in town that week. Ooh, so you uh, had a twofer, dude. Oof. We went on like the second to last night that we were there. We were like, okay, we're just gonna go like it was like seven miles up the road for dinner. It said that it was an hour and a half drive on one highway. Jesus, oh, dude, the traffic was unreal. We we got out, we got into traffic. And we were moving along, moving along. Finally, we saw a place. We were like, I see one parking spot in their parking lot. And we just dipped in there. Because everywhere had a two two to three hour wait. Every restaurant. Yeah. It was insane. I, I've never seen anything like it. The one restaurant I wanted to eat at, we called them. And it was like, every restaurant over there is like coastal. Um, and so, the one restaurant that I really wanted to eat at was called the Tommy Bahama Restaurant. And it's just like a good seafood restaurant. And we called them. We are like, hey... Do y'all take reservations? And this was Monday, right when we got there. They said, yeah, we're not taking any walk-ins or reservations until next Wednesday. Jesus! I said, excuse me? She said, yeah, we're not taking any reservations until next Wednesday. We are booked solid. No walk-ins or reservations until the 6th or Mm, the mm, 7th mm. or whatever day she told me. I was like, that's insane. She said, yeah, it's honestly unreasonable i was like she was like i'm so sorry i was like i was like all right i guess i mean it is what it is it's not her fault yeah everywhere everywhere like in the area that we were at was like that though yeah so i mean fourth of july this the week right before fourth of july by the way for those of you who are wondering we are currently recording on fourth of july so if you hear fireworks that's why yeah like we're sitting in the studio and the studio is like an outside wall of my house and it's just like... Yeah, on occasion we can hear it. We don't know if y'all can hear it, but we can hear it. Yeah, uh, it's not even on occasion. It's like non-stop. Yeah. Anyway, so if y'all hear that, that's what that is. Yeah, so... And uh, we're in the South. They like to celebrate the 4th here. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Anyway, uh, so moving on from that into actual Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff, we'll start with our with the quick play news for, uh, for this episode. There's not a lot. No. All we have is the releasing of three new cards in uh, Bode. Uh, we got uh, Mimetizing... This is Burst of Destiny? Yeah. First off, we have the Mimetizing Man-Eater Bug, uh, which is a level 4 Earth Insect Flip Effect Monster, 450 attack, 600 defense, which, by the way, is the original Man-Eater Bug's attack and defense. Right. Um, flip. Target one monster on the field. Destroy it. If you do, this card gains attack equal to that monster's original attack. Then you can make this card's type become the same as the destroyed monster's original type. Two. This card on the field cannot be destroyed by battle and cannot be destroyed by the effects of monsters with the same type. Does this feel to anybody else like they were like, oh man, the more we look at it, we don't have any cards in our current sets that are good for sealed format play. Let's make one, and here we are. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's decent. I mean, it's a flip effect monster. It's a flip monster. No, 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 it's terrible. Make no mistake, it's terrible. Because it's a flip effect monster. If it wasn't a flip monster, it'd be... All right. Um, also, I do like the reference to a misprint that they did a long, long time ago. What was that? Okay, so back in the original, the original printing of Man Eater Bug, uh-huh. pre Legend of Blue Eyes, when Yu Gi Oh was only in Japan, where they were releasing these itty bitty tiny sets. Yeah. When the OC, when the TCG finally got Legend of Blue Eyes, it was actually like five sets put together. Right. Yeah. The very first printing of Man Eater Bug was misprinted. So it was a warrior monster, not an insect. Oh, was it really? Yeah, and I think that's and somebody I remember somebody mentioning that was a reference they were making with its whole changing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's type. Um, so that's. I mean, that's that. It's not particularly. If you're doing a sealed only format like a 
like your own progression series or something. This would be fun in that. Absolutely. Um, you know, or it's or you know, a very limited format where you're only allowed to use certain cards or whatever. Right. You know, just something fun. Uh, next we have a normal spell card called Sunvine Sewing. Um, you can only if this card. This entire card is a hard ones per turn. Uh, you can spell summon a Sun Team monster from your deck. If you do, take a thousand damage. If you do not control a Sun Avalon Link monster, you can only special summon Sunseed Genius Loki with its effect. For the rest of this turn, you cannot... And then for the next turn this card resolves, you cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck except plant monsters. Two, if a plant Link monster you control would be destroyed by battle or by opponent's card effect, banish this card from the graveyard instead. Um, it's alright. It's alright. It's not great. It's alright. Uh, and then next we have Starry Night Orbital. I mean, it's a, it's a free plus one. Yeah, it's a free plus one. Well, Which is good. I mean, it's good for the Sunvine deck because, like, oh, it's a spell card. I thought, yeah, it was, it's, I thought it was a monster card. No, it's a normal spell card. So it's a one for one. Wait, no, that's kind of insane. Oh, yeah. Um, now, grant, now, granted, if you do not control a Sun Avalon Link monster, it's, it's a starter. Ha- yeah, it's a starter, and it's also an extender. Because if you already have a. Because then you can just push someone in any Sun, uh, Sun Avalon. Uh, Sunseed monster. Is, is Sunseed Avatar Lochi or Loci or whatever? Sunseed Genius Loci is a vanilla monster. Ew, gross. But it's what you have to start the big tree with. Do they have a Link 1? Yes. Oh, okay, so you can just, like, activate this, go into Loci, go into the Link 1, and start climbing. Correct. Or if you already have, if you have this and the Loci in hand, normal summon Loci, Link 1, activate, special summon another Sunseed monster, get its effect, Link gotcha. 2 into the second tree. Gotcha. It's great for Avalon. But it's or the whole Sunvine, Sun Avalon, Sunseed archetype. But But the problem is that archetype kind of sucks. It's not great. Um, One of their biggest monsters is Bingle Lancer. Uh huh. Good old Benji. The just you're just gonna keep negativing yourself just to play me. Is he a is he a Sun Avalon card? No, but he's supposed to go with them. Oh okay. Um, it's kind of like how the Neospatians are not elemental heroes, but they kind of go together. Oh, okay. I that, gotcha. That kind of situation. Gotcha. But okay. less of, but it's good. They have a lot less actual interaction with each other. Right. Uh, moving on. Next we have Starry Knight Orbital. It's a light fairy level four, 400 attack, 2100 defense. It's got a beefy booty. Yeah. Um, you can only use this card's one and two effects once per turn. Hard once per turn. Um... Quick effect, you can target one light monster you control, tribute it, and then, if you do, set a Starry Knight Spell Trap from your deck to your field. That's not terrible. Could be better. Could be worse. Uh, if, and then, two, if a face-up level 7 light dragon monster you control is returned to the hand while this card's in your graveyard, splash summon it out of the graveyard. That's not terrible. No, but it's for the Starry, it's for the Starry Knight's Ryu deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, within and of itself, isn't great. It's terrible. It's good, not great. It'll be a good card for the deck, just definitely not a good deck. Yeah. So um, that's about all we got for new cards. Uh, some just some other news and notes from around the game. Uh, I know we know some of the collectors' rares. At at this time of recording, we don't have an exact list of all of them yet, but we have a pretty good idea of some of them. Uh, we know Rhoda got the collector rare, ev- or not evenly. Um, uh, goes in match. Yeah, goes in match. Or rivalry. No, rivalry or warlord. Okay, got so. It. Rhoda, Rivalry of Warlords. Uh, Utopia. Utopia, uh, Utopic, Utopic Draco Future. Yeah. What else? Uh, Lightning Storm. Yeah, Lightning Storm. Uh, jo- the new Joe, not the, not the, uh. Arcana, Arcana Joker, or no, Joker, no, Joker's Knight. Yeah, Joker's Knight, and, uh, straight, and, a Joker, and, a Joker's Plus. Joker's Straight. Joker's Straight, something like that. And then I know King's Knight, Queen's Knight, and Jack's Knight all got it. Yeah, because you know it's their it's their set. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh, that's everything I can think of off the top of my head. I know there's a couple other ones that I'm missing that are like random. It's just random cards that everybody's like, why? Yeah, but the really fire ones are going to be Lightning Storm, Rhoda, uh, Rivalry. Rivalry. Rivalry is kind of random, I think, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The really big ones, though, aren't even the collectors. It's a car. So, okay, so as people were looking at the different sets, 
as they were looking like through as people were like cracking open the set they started to realize they were like wait a minute what is this doing here and they started looking at it. the three egyptian god cards are in here oh yeah as millennium rares which is wild we dude we did not have that yet in the in the tcg it's very cool to get a new rarity especially out of nowhere Oh, this yeah. was a shock. Oh yeah, no, like like the first people to even say this were people who got the set early and were cracking them open. Yeah, this is this to... is like PPG vendors cracking the set open, going, "Wait a minute, what is this?" And the really crazy part about it is that, not me. <laughs> like, it wasn't even listed on the website. No, it's not even in the product description that the Egyptian gods were even in the set. Yeah, there, there was literally nothing showing. Yeah, like all that this we, was a th- gonna happen. Yeah, like the only like the only god card related stuff we knew about was that Cipher um, was specifically men- was specifically mentioned uh, early on in the set's history as a card that would be useful uh, in this set. Right. Because all the uh, poker knights, their whole shtick is we're gonna keep refilling your hand over and over. Right. Um, so it's, and it's, and uh, they have the level 10 question mark attack searcher, which can let, then let you search out, uh, it, or actually, uh, mystic raw ball. Right. Yeah. Uh, wing dragon raw sphere mode. Um, and it's also a Yugi archetype. It's an archetype Yugi used in the anime, which then just also goes hand in hand. Right. Cipher, whatever. Um, and then in the Egyptian God structure deck booklet, where it, uh, gives you suggestions on how to power up your deck. They very specific. That's when they mentioned that the wicked gods were in there. So buy that set when it comes out, because then you can get the Wicked Gods, which are also a lot of the Egyptian God support also works for the Wicked Gods. Yeah. Uh, Wicked Avatar, Wicked Dreadroot, Wicked Eraser, blah, 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 blah. Um, they never mentioned that the Egyptian Gods were going to be Millennium Rares in this set. Yeah, it was never brought up, which is, it's just kind of wild that it was held a secret until, it wasn't just held a secret until, like, until the set release, full spoiler. No, no, no. It was held a secret until people started getting product and opening it. Right. Which is crazy. As in, Konami just wasn't going to tell anyone. Honestly, I'm fine with that. I think it's kind of fun. A little bit, yeah. Um, I would have liked them go, hey, hey, not judge, wink, wink. There's a little surprise in there for you, too. We're not going to say what the surprise is. Yeah. Because then people would have got hy- gotten more hyped of, ooh, what's the surprise? I don't know. I'm I'm pretty happy about it. In my opinion, personally, to me, nothing spoils a gift more than just more than just not being told you're getting a gift to begin with, because then there's no hype. But sometimes, I, okay. So I think the problem is if you hype it too much, people can be disappointed. People are like, oh, is that all this is? Which is fair. I um, think I think I think I prefer nothing because I I would like to. If I get a gift, somebody just walks up to me and says, here you go, I got you a present. I don't care what it is, I'm just like, awesome. I mean, yeah, I'm still like, oh, cool, cool, awesome. But I I just like the, ooh, ooh, I wonder what it is. Nah, With just the I gift always, box being set in front of you. Nah, I always overhype myself. I'm that person that like, it's like, alright, Christmas oh, is coming. Like five months in advance, and then the closer it gets here, I'm like, oh yeah, Christmas we're coming, in July, baby. Right, like we're coming. My birthday ends in August. I'm like, Christmas is next, baby. And then when Christmas gets here, and I like get a bunch of free stuff, and I'm like, all right, cool, I guess. Lord, yeah, um, but I, I, I'm the exact opposite. Where I don't, it, where it's, it doesn't even occur to me until somebody sets up the tree and then puts a present underneath. I'm like, oh, what is it? Yeah, but then... For me, for, for me, though, a lot of the enjoyment is less of the object itself and more of that suspense. Oh, no, I hate suspense. I love suspense. I don't even like suspense in a movie, much less dragged <laughs> out for something that I'm actually, like, tangibly going to receive. Oh, no, I love suspense. But that that's just me. Oh, man, I'm so mad. I just remembered I was supposed to get some cards from somebody today, and I forgot. Whoopsie! They had them with them, and I just forgot. Hey, there's always next time. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, the new Millennium Rare is really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, that, that's cool. That's definitely a welcome addition to the set. Yeah, I, in my opinion, anyway. I agree. I oh, and, it looks. And for those of you who are curious, it's the original artworks. Yeah, like yeah. the anime artworks for them. It's great. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely cool, and I'm happy that they did it. 
I just, I don't know. I just kind of wish that, uh, I wish I could see it in person. Because I feel like in person, it's going to be a really different look. Uh, so Yeah, most likely. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break for an ad, and we'll move on into some other stuff. All right, Caleb, what else do we have to go into here? Okay, um, so uh, the OCG just got announced, just uh, had announced the new, the next uh, deck build pack, which is kind of like our, like I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think of what set we have instead. Oh, I have no idea. It's kind of like our, um, I think it's like our uh, duelist packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of like that. Um, the, the next one is called Grand Creators. They gave us three pictures of uh, three of the new themes from the deck. Uh, one of them is a, and descriptions. Um, the first picture uh, is described as a gigantic monster that's the boss of a theme. And it kind of looks like a red and blue long. Um, for those of you who don't know what a long is, that would be Shenron from Dragon Ball Z, the giant green dragon. Right, it's more like a serpent-like dragon. Yeah, the uh, the more Asianic serpentine dragon without the wings, you know, holding the spheres, that kind of thing. Um, like I said, it's a giant, one of those, red, uh, colored red and blue, very bright, uh, and it's got a dude riding on him. Looks cool. Sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, then we have uh, an Exceed monster that rescues souls. Which then makes me think it's going to have some kind of graveyard or banish zone interaction. Right. I mean, and then she also just looks cool. She's a waifu card. Right, right. Uh, and then the third one was a key card for the start of an adventure. Um, and then it was shows some, like it was shows what kind of looks like Rolona, the Magistus uh, of Ver, of Ver. Yeah, yeah. Like standing in front of this dude. Uh, locked in crystals with these spheres floating around, and this each of the spheres has like has like like one of them has a meadow, the other one has like a, straight up has the ruins from a legendary ocean in it. it. Like each sphere, each sphere seems to be a fields a field spell, right? Right, right. So, um, so some people are thinking maybe, maybe it's an maybe it's like an archetype based around rotating field spells. I mean, that would be interesting. Yeah, like, one, like, that's the case. In my opinion, the best way to do that kind of thing would be to have, like, a field spell that does one effect. During the end phase, it destroys itself to then immediately activate another field spell from your deck to get a different effect, and then you just keep rotating them around over and over and over. Sounds like they're going to have to ban Metaverse, set rotation, and uh, terraforming. Maybe. We'll have to see. Um, if, if they do do that, that's probably what they're going to have to do. But I still think that would be really a really cool feature. Um, just a constantly revolving door of field spells where they dis- where they either destroy themselves or send themselves back to the deck to then fetch a different one for whatever situation you're in. I mean that's cool, but like, how do you get the kill shot with that? Whatever bot. I mean, I mean that would also be dependent on the actual monsters. Another possibility is a rotating door of field spells that really don't do a whole bunch, but with monsters that get different effects depending upon what field spell is currently active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that could be how you get your kill shots, how you switch from I'm going to be super controlled to super aggro is just based on what field spell you have face up. That, I think that would be really cool. It, it wouldn't function very well just due to Harpy's Feather Duster being legal and then everybody running Twin Twister and Cosmic Cyclones. It's not meta relevant, but I still think it'd be a really cool addition to the game. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's about all, all we got for, uh, <clears throat> that's literally all the information the OCG got for this. Uh, the, the set, by the way, in case I didn't say, is OCG Deck Build Pack Grand Creators. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Uh, okay. Uh, this past weekend, uh, was actually the, at Femboy Yu-Gi-Oh's over on Twitter, had a remote duel tournament this weekend. I actually took place. Okay, uh... So, tell us a little bit about that. How do you find out about it? Or oh, um, how, do you, how do you participate? Things like that. Well, okay. So, I found out about it actually over on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> I think it was MB tweet, MBT had said something about it or something. And then you mentioned something about it. So, I looked into it. And I was like, yeah, sure. I have nothing be- I have nothing better to do that weekend. Why not? And I joined up. I had an absolute blast. Um, he had, all you had to do was go, in his, go in his, uh, into his Discord server... Tell him you're joining. Send him your deck pro- deck list, whatever. Okay. Um, I got third place. Hey, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. uh, what did you uh, What did you play against and stuff? Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, 
let's see. I think we ended up having like 14 people total. Okay. Um, let's see. My round one was against Unchained. Like, just straight up Unchained. Okay. Sounds... Okay, Distant Coder. Yeah, I know, right? Um... Uh, I pl- uh, just j- uh, just if any of you who were in that tournament are wondering who I was, I was the dude running shit all without the invoked engine or the dogmatic engine, just pure shit all. Just FYI, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Round two was against Altergeist, easily one of the f- easily the one of the more fun matches I had throughout the day, just because it was a control deck versus another control deck. <laughs> so it was very much a I'm gonna try and get one for ones until. I'm able to cascade the advantage over you. Uh, very back and forth. It was real fun. And then right in the heat of the mo- right in the heat of the duel. Heat of yeah, the yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, his internet died. Oh, tragic. Yeah, and he had to drop. I'm like, no, I was having so much fun. <clears throat> uh, it's a W though. Huh? It's a W though. It's yeah. I was still disappointed that I won like that though. Um, round three was actually against the deck that got first. Get this, Sky Striker Cross Infinitrack. That's wild. Yeah, um, he was running. Yeah, uh, they uh, the individual was running two rows for Sky Striker, one of each of the spell cards, including uh, the field spell, and was actually also running Mystic Mind with Metaverse and Set Rotation. So I looked at this list. For me, it sounds honestly like they're. It sounds a lot to me like it's a a Sky Striker deck with a small Earth Machine package teched in because if you look at the deck list, it's like it's kind of light on the Sky Striker <clears throat> cards, sure, but it's literally just running two bullet trains, three Derricranes, and that's it in the and, main, for the main and deck. And the uh, Pegasus one. The level four Pegasus one. Oh yeah, and one of the some level four train. Yeah, it's running literally a what is that eight card train package? Yeah, something like that. And the extra deck cards, and that's it, just oh, yeah. for the kill. So oh, it's yeah. like Sky Strikers to control the game flow and control the game state, and then trains for the kill. Oh yeah, uh, game one it was very back and forth. Great game. Game two I went first. I lost game. I lost game one versus this player. Game two. I went first, set some back row, passed. And he went, listen, man, I'm sorry, but you you better have it. And uh, started doing train stuff to just go, goose off max, attach, burn, and then leave to run to run over stuff. Right. Of course, as soon as he uh, activated his first train effect, I flipped the, uh, I flipped the, um, uh, saw him strike. Oh, rip. And he went... You better have judgment down too, and then activated red reboot. Ah, that card needs to be banned. And I just went, I don't have it. He was like, Oh, that's game. I was like, Hey, hey, you, you got me. Some, you got me. Sometimes you I'm get just, got. I'm telling you, that card needs to be banned, bro. That card's insane. Uh, still very fun, uh, very fun game, very cool deck. Uh, round four, um, was one of, in my opinion, one of the more cooler decks there. In my personal opinion, shark. Um, it was just sharks. So, like, just, like, like fish, though. <laughs> Kinda. Um, it was basically, like, Buzzsaw Shark and Left Hand Shark and a couple other sharks that would just make Bahamut Shark and then make Toad. And then he would overlay the, sh- the Bahamut Shark into Vesp. Man, I don't know how I feel about that, bro. I only won because we went into time. Like, we went, like, we went into game three. I got... He got game one, I got game two. We went into game three with, like, f- five minutes remaining. Um, and, of course, we went back and forth. Uh, I ran over his... I ran over... To- I ran over a Toad. Dealt, like, 400 points of da- Like, two or 400 points of damage. I don't remember. It dealt just uh-huh. a little bit of damage. And then his turn came. He started doing stuff. And in the middle of his main phase, the timer ran out. Oh. And I was like, I hate, and I hated, I hate winning like that. I really do. But a W is a W. I guess. Uh, so overall, I got third. Um, with pure shit all, like I said. Well, Taylor, not pure. I also had the clown package. Yeah, but I mean. But I mean, I didn't have like. 
Yeah, pretty much it was just pure shit all control. Bunch of trap cards, psalm strikes. Um, uh, thank you again for lending me your uh, IDPs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, came, sure, sure. Came up once. Hey, uh, I mean... Against yeah. The, yeah, came up once against Altergeist, and it just kind of ended their turn. I mean, that's what it do. <laughs> that's what uh, it do. It, it, that's a good card, man. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a reason it is what it is. Oh, yeah. Um... I mean, like I said, overall, I had a blast, uh, and I and I look forward to any other future events that uh, FM Boy Yu-Gi-Oh um, holds. Because, like I said, it was it was fun; didn't cost me anything. Uh, first prize, by the way, was a play set of drawn lockbirds. Yeah, but I mean, you still got something for third, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like twelve bucks. I mean, that's twelve more dollars than you had before. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Like I, just, I know, like I just went ahead and took took that money and got and got a pair of drawn lockbirds. Yeah, and I've got the third one for you, brother. Woo! So, let's move into a little bit more of uh, some, like, organized play as far as uh, some stuff coming up. Uh, so, we do have the... we the, Konami sent out a big memo, which was, um, for those that haven't heard about it, this is the... Update regarding organized play in the United States. So this is from Konami's official website, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it off for those that have not heard yet. To the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG community, Konami Digital Entertainment Inc. has diligently prioritized the health and safety of our community, official tournament store, OTS, owners and staff, and all business partners throughout the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. We have continued to closely monitor developments and updates related to the pandemic as state, regional, and local openings have continued to progress daily. Based on local guidelines and regulations, we are allowing stores in the United States to open for sanctioned in-store organized play and events starting Thursday, July 15th at each store's discretion and where allowed by local regulation. We encourage OTS owners, staff, and duelists to follow local, regional, and federal health and safety guidelines. We recommend that stores ask duelists to confirm that they are fully vaccinated or have tested negative before letting them participate in tournaments. We also highly encourage store personnel and duelists to continue to follow social distancing rules and to wear masks consistent with CDC recommendations and local regulations in your area. Although we are currently only recommending stores in the United States open, we continue to share our community's enthusiasm in Canada and Latin America to resume organized play and promotional events. We are working closely with our OTS contacts and business partners while heeding public health guidance to determine how and when we can safely reopen stores in these countries. In the interim, we encourage the community throughout the Americas to continue participating in Remote Duel, our organized play in- initiative to run sanctioned tournaments using remote Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel links, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution, and the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG. For more information on Remote Duel, please visit such and such website and subscribe to our official social media channels to get update up-to-date news. So, what does this say? Essentially, this says that we have a official return to return to play date. You know, we have an official hey. July 15th, you're, official, you're officially a go for in-store play again for the first time in a year and some change, which is huge. So, um, oh, yeah. I mean, this is big. This is a big step for us. This is a big stepping stone. This is, this is the first step to opening up for regionals and YCSs again, which I'm telling you, I think we're going to have regionals and YCSs before the end of the year. Maybe we'll have to, I mean, because I mean, the year's only half over. Exactly. I mean, I, I think if we can go from full shutdown to opening up stores, opening up restaurants, and opening up organized play from a Japanese-based company, that's huge. So, I really think that by October to November, regionals will be in full swing again. Like like I said, we're only seven months in the year. They're still. Five more months left. No, no, we're only six months in the year. We just started July. Fair enough. Fair so enough. We're not. We we just we just made the halfway point. This this episode will drop July sixth. Yeah, we fair just enough. hit the halfway point. Fair enough. And like I said, there's still six ish months, a little less than six months. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. No, no, I could I could fully see us going going back to full swing of things back before the year ends. 
Um, I hope being, so. That being said, I'm talking October, November, December. October at the earliest is yeah, what I'm thinking anyway. I, I, I agree. Um, I think October is the earliest we can realistically see events as large as regionals returning on an official level. Yeah. Um, we have had events happen that are kind of a little under the table, a little, you know, a little try to stay low key. Um, I know I see a lot of people going to events in New York and Connecticut, uh, averaging a hundred to 150 players. And I mean, they're doing their part. Everybody's masked up. Everybody's hand sanitizing. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, I've seen some stores reopen up with dividers between the players. Now that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Probably using some, uh, probably using some of the remote dual rule sets in that situation. Uh, yeah, just kind of tell your opponent what to cut, things like that. Yeah, and then certain cards are uh, uh, additional cards are also banned, like Parasite, Parakeet, exchange stuff that requires you to touch your opponent's cards. Probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like realistically, uh, I don't know if that'll be a long term thing, but I mean, realistically, I think it's probably fine. I don't really want to do barricades. I think as long as everybody's masked up and stuff and we're fully vaccinated, it should be good. Yeah, good ventilation, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I really want to see organized play return full swing. I think we all do. I don't think that's oh, yeah. a... Uh, I don't think that's a me-only kind of thought and feeling. I know as far as upcoming tournaments, I know... We still have, they do, every month they do Yu-Gi-Oh! Day at our locals in Alexandria. Um, they do regular weekly tournaments up at the other shop we go to up in Shreveport. Um, I know there's still lots of events. I know about four hours from us, they have a, a pretty big event coming up, what they call the Tournament of Champions. So they've been doing events for the last like five months, anywhere from like, 40 to 60 people usually is what they get like case tournaments and stuff like that 3v3 tournaments and if you got top at any of those events you got an invite and so they've got like i think 60 people or so 60 or 70 people invited to the tournament of champions is what they're calling it and that's going to be july 17th and we're, we're gonna have a breakdown on that too so. oh yeah once it actually happens and you know all that right so but as far as Outside of in-person play, I think at this point, we mainly just have the Remote Duel YCS to look forward to, which is this weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of which... Is that July 9th and 10th? I th- I want to say yes. It's okay. it's this Saturday. It's this upcoming Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Um, For those of you listening, if you're listening on Tuesday, tomorrow, Tuesday, July 6th, tomorrow is your last day to enter. Yes, and I think it's by a certain time. Yeah, I think it's like by 1 p.m. Right, or something. Central time. It's yeah, 1 or central. 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, you know, if, you ha- so if you're listening now and you want to enter, do it now. Yeah, you don't have much time. You better hop on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So, what, what are we looking forward to in that uh, event? What, what, like, okay, first of all, it's, that's going to be our next big topic. All about the remote dual YCS. So the first thing I want to talk about is how to participate. We will leave a link in the description of this podcast on the sign up. But you have to go onto uh, the website. It's it's a little more complicated. It's like two or three links. Uh, I I'm probably not going to bother. We'll figure something out. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of it, like cause, uh, I did go ahead and look through to see what all what all is required for entry. You have to like. Uh, you have to have a Konami account, then you have to have a Konami card ID account, which is separate, which gives you your Konami card ID, which you then sign up to a third website. Really? Yeah. It, it's it's complicated. Well, we'll just, we'll make sure that, the point is, you sign up through the Konami website, you go in, you do all your deck lists through the website, you type everything in. And then once you go in through all the website and sign ever sign up, the event will have take place on a certain date. I think they've got like eight Discord servers set aside for this, and they'll tell you what server to go into, and you'll play yeah. all of day all of day one. You'll play in whatever server you're in. Oh yeah. And day two will be there's only one server for all of day two. So day two will take place in the second server. 
So you join whatever server you need to be on for day one. And then if you make day two, which only duelists that are X2 are better, essentially. I think you have to have like... I want to say like 10 points or something like that. or Something like that. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's 10 points. It, I think they're doing six rounds day one. Yeah, it, it changes from tournament to tournament. Yeah, and, and it kicks off at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. Yeah. So they'll do six rounds of Swiss on day one. You have to have at least, I think, 10 points to advance to day two, and which means you have to be at least X2 or better. And then... Day two, you'll be in a different Discord server. Everybody made day two will be there. And if you make it past round... If you participate at least to round three, you will get a playmat for entering as well as a field center. And then if you make top cut, you get another playmat and some other stuff. Everybody gets packs for entering. Uh, I think you also have to make it through round three to enter. Yeah. So, <clears throat> essentially, as long as you make it to round three, you get all of your prize support. And then, as long as you make it to round... Uh, if you make top cut, you get more prize support. Which, obviously, at that point, it starts ramping up into... Kind of ridiculous know. prize support at that point. Well, yeah, the, as far the, as physical objects. Yeah, the top cut playmat is... Uh, I think it's got... Dual Link, the Dual Link's Dragon, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's the um, Ultimate Zulkan retrain into a Link monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically the 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 Crimson Dragon from the Five Ds anime, but as a card, but as like its second printing as a card. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's, they took Ultimate Zulkan and made him into a version of a prize card, and it's the prize card version. That's. Yeah, like it's the Link Monster version as the mat. Um, just for entering, you get uh, Arm Dragon Thunder level ten. Uh, Arm Dragon Thunder mat. You which have to like, you have to participate through round three. Yes, as yes, as in you get to round three, do your third duel of the game, and then if you want to, you can drop or whatever. Entry is either twenty or twenty five dollars. It's twenty if you if you do pre entry. It's mm-hmm. twenty five if you if you try to enter day of. Okay. Okay. So, okay, that's pretty normal. Something to note, King's Court is not allowed for this event. Yes, that is so correct. So that'll eliminate anybody trying to go in at the last minute and get, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, to try and use, like, the King's Knight deck, I guess? The Poker Knight deck? Yeah, I mean... I mean uh, or, but, you, or you top a Draco Future. That is true. You top a Draco Future, and then those copies of uh, Lightning Storm will be legal. Right, right. So... Essentially, to prevent people from trying to get a jump and running things like Utopic Dragon Future and having like an unfair advantage, they yeah. just said, you know what, we're just not going to make it legal. So yeah, yeah, because that yeah, because that it's because I think it comes out like two days before. Yeah, yeah. So the pre yeah, so it's pretty much the only people who would have these cards are people who are pretty much people who went to the pre-release right. and bought them out. Exactly. So, what are we expecting? What what are we expecting from this from this tournament? Like realistically, what are the decks we expect to be the top decks in the tournament, and what do we expect top cut to look like? Um, well, as far as numbers, I've got no clue, but I know we're going to be seeing lots of Tri Brigade, lots of Virtual World. We're going to see a good chunk of Drytron. You know, the more I think about it, I don't know that we're going to see much Drytron in top cut. I'm not saying it's not, like, the best deck. It's just so few people have the materials to play that deck. I mean, and, that's fair. Also, Droll. Well, yeah, but not only is it, like, not everybody has the cards to play it, so the representation numbers aren't very high. I mean, it's also a very complex deck. Exactly. To be, to be fair. It's really a difficult deck to play. It takes an enormous amount of playtesting. I was play, I was playtesting against it today. I was getting a headache just trying to keep up with what he was doing. It was insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it like yeah. I've seen. I've watched a couple of combo videos. So I was trying to learn it in advance of the Finboy tournament, right. just in case someone was playing it. And I was right. watching all these different decks. Didn't see any of the decks I was prepared for. Yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. Outs- outside of the Sky Striker, I was expecting Sky Striker, but that Machine Engine really, really caught me off guard. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's beside the point. 
Um, it's a very complex deck with a really high skill ceiling. Yeah. But an even higher power ceiling. It's a good deck. Don't get me wrong. It's just hard to play. Very hard to play. Very high skill ceiling compared to something like Tri Brigade or, or even Virtual World, where yeah, the skill ceiling for those decks are high, but they're but they're like half of the skill ceiling required for Drytron players to be good, and that's just to, you know, be able to start winning games. Yeah, it's. I don't know, man. I. It's a hard deck to play. Let's yeah. just leave it at that, you know? I mean, it's it's not it's so difficult. Oh, yeah, but then this is also where people are going to bring their A-game. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to have those players that were able to surpass that skill ceiling are going to be running Drytron. Yeah. And if they have that skill ceiling, then the power ceiling for them is also going to be much higher. So we're going to see... I'm not saying we're going to see a whole bunch... But we're going to see them. One or two. And I'm thinking maybe if they cut to top 16, maybe one. Uh, if it's over a certain amount, they're, they actually said they're going to cut to top 32. Yeah. L- let's say let's say for sake of argument they do top 32. I'm thinking maybe two, three at most. Not yeah, a lot. You, you won't see more than three. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that now. I don't think yeah. you'll see more than three. But that's in the top 32. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be seeing Tribergate, like I said, in Virtual World. Um, they've made a big comeback. Um, consider I, It's all about... What was it? What was it in the comment? They're going into Muddy Mud Dragon. Yep. Yeah, Good it's old all about Muddy that. Mud Dragon in the swamp. Yeah, it, it's all, it's all, it's all about that. If they can make the Muddy Mud Dragon in the swamp and then just go into like Dragoon, uh, they make Ultimate Zulkin with it too. Well, they use Ultimate Zulking to go into Dragoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they can do that, that's that's all they do. Yeah. Um. Let's so see. If you can stop that, you're good. Oh yeah. Um. You're going to be seeing Sky Striker. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll see yeah. a lot of Sky Striker. Um, uh, probably Salad, honestly. Oh yeah, no, Mirage Stalio was a big boon. Um, actually, speaking of Salad, real quick, going back to the Fimboy tournament, um, only two players were running this were running the same deck. Both of them were running Salamangrate. Round one, they they got pitted against each other. Trash. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I mean, it's funny and all. It's just like, what are the odds? So I mean. In a 14-person tournament, pretty low. Yeah, fair enough. But higher than you would think, but still pretty low. Um, right. But it's just what the program spit it out. Anyway, but yeah, we're going to be seeing Salamangrate. We're going to be seeing some weird Eldritch abomination. I expect to see... The, the deck that I'm really expecting to see several of is Invoke Shadal Dogmatica. Oh, most definitely. The only issue that that deck might run into is, realistically... With there being a fair amount of, um, with there being a fair amount of decks that get drolled already in the meta with Sky Striker and um, what's the name of that? Drytron. Drytron. With there, with there already being Sky Striker and Drytron so prevalent in the meta, I just don't know that. Everybody's already running Drolls, so it kind of makes Droll worse. I mean, it kind of not makes Droll, kind of makes the deck worse by proxy because of you know things being so relevant. Yeah. Okay. So like my very short stint with the Invoked package, it kind of didn't care. Kind of didn't care about uh <clears throat> about Droll, but that's only a lot. But hold on, that's only with the Invoke stuff. No, activate Meltdown on resolution. Okay. Yeah. Droll. Your turn is over. Yeah, but I'm talking normal summon Alistair. Droll. Okay. Invocate and okay, link one invocation. You still get your stuff off. If you start with Alistair, not the meltdown. Which yeah. is about which is um mm, well it's slightly less likely than opening meltdown because of terraforming. <clears throat> but it you know, there's still always the possibility of opening with Alistair. If you open with Alistair, you just kind of don't care about the droll. Right. You don't care about the droll turn zero. Because your opponent can't stop you. <laughs> but after turn zero, then that's when they can Solemn Strike, Solemn Warning, Solemn Judgment. Stuff. They have things to stop you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's... The deck dies to Droll. I, I've played against the deck. It just dies yeah. to Droll. Oh, yeah. The Dogmatica package dies to Droll. Um, <clears throat> about half the Shadals die to Droll. About half of them. Yeah. I, I, that deck... I've playing against that deck like I've just seen it. it. It just dies to droll. It does, but um, 
I, a, I still and expect. Ash. Yeah, Ash does hurt the deck. Um, Ash is a little underwhelming. I found in the Drytron matchup because it just doesn't do enough. Oh yeah, no, oh yeah, no, because oh yeah, because no, yeah, it'll stop one search, but then it'll just kind of shrug and keep going. Yeah, it really is. And uh, just get more searches and more searches anyway. You need something like Gamma against that matchup to remove their threats from the field. Yeah. So. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, you're probably going to be seeing a lot less Ghost Bell. Probably. But that's due to the prevalence of... There's a lot less. I'm just going to keep recycling stuff out of my grave more. I'm just going to keep fetching new stuff out of my deck. Yeah. Right now. Um, Ooh, excuse me. I mean, yeah, it's great against, uh, actually, what is it good against? It's, it's good against Revolt. <laughs> I mean, Ghost Bell's a good card, and it's still good in the meta, I just. Yeah, but I, I just can't think of anything off the top of my head, because we, we're kind of doing this off the fly. Yeah. Not a whole lot of, just kind of what we know. Um, I think the best cards going into the format, I mean, going into, like, this event, the cards that are really going to make a huge difference when they get played um red reboot is gonna end the games um well that would depend on what a lot of it depend on the deck i mean like if, realistically lot, if drytron resolves red reboot they probably win the game again it depends on what deck you're playing against because in a drytron mirror red reboot's useless because neither one of you are running traps and tri brigade the only trap they run is is revolt and they don't Need revolt, revolt, strike, imperial order, ice dragons, prisons, yeah. torrential tribute. They don't need them to win though, but it makes the winning a lot easier. And then, um, let's see, virtual world stops all their traps, but then they still have their continuous spells, just kind of shrug and keep going. So it it slows them down a little bit, but it, it's more of a new, it's more of a getting pinched than a punch in the face. Well, it's, okay, the thing about reboot though is it's all about making sure that the combo decks plays go through when they play Th against control. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Playing against Eldlich, playing against Tri Brigade, you know. Well, trap control decks. Yeah. Compa as compared to stuff like the Inspector Board or Dino Mist stuff where they don't care what they don't care if they do they don't care if their traps get reset, they'll distribute them off anyway. Well, I mean you still gotta kinda yeah, but I, 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 I get, I get what you're saying. You're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I get what you're saying, though. So, yeah. I, I personally expect the meta coming out of this event, I expect to see a virtual world top. I don't expect to see multiple, but I expect to see probably one. I expect to see probably two Sky Striker tops. Probably two, I would think. Probably a couple of Tri Brigade. Probably one to two Drytron. We're going to see at a, at a, we're going to see an at Ignister top. We're going to see it. Yeah, probably at least one out of Ignister top. Um, I think that's I would, top 32, probably even two or three of them. Yeah, realistically, it could be. It's going to be really, really diverse. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, this is probably, probably going to be one of the more diverse metas we've had. Yeah, I mean, it really could be one of the most, the one of the most diverse metas we've ever seen. Uh, see, I, there's going to be a salad top. I, I'm The deck I'm really looking to see if it makes an appearance here and makes a splash is... Sky Striker Eldritch. That deck is good. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, then of course, I also want to see if, uh, for whatever reason, people start doing more of that Sky Striker cross uh, Infinitrack. Because that, that was ridiculous. Just a one card. I'm just going to make, uh, I'm just going to OTK you, o OTK you if you cannot stop me. Well, it's all about, it was all about giving Sky Striker a punch. Because, and ooh, what a punch. Yeah, because if you don't have access code, it makes things difficult in that deck. Oh yeah, oh my god! But that eight—I mean, it's an eight. It's an exactly eight K punch. Yeah, I mean, it's good with multi attack too. Yeah, I mean, it, it covers the weaknesses of the train deck, which is that like it's a turn. It's a turn three deck, right? It's not like a turn one deck. It's not a turn two deck. It's a turn three deck because you want to go first, set up your board, and then survive until turn three and kill in turn three. Whereas, um. With Sky Strikers, they control you. Have they control, make you? Yeah. yeah, they make you play at their pace. So the so like game one, he the deck went off without a hitch. Where he where I was forced to play at his pace, which was faster than my Shadal deck wanted to go. Um, and then turn and then you know his second turn, he just kind of went goose off Max into Lee, but swing for game. Both t well, 
Second time, he just kind of went. He just kind of activated Rhoda, searched for Rose, trying to bait some, trying to bait an Ash or a Droll. Mm-hmm. Afterward, after that, he said, "I, I, and I asked him why he did it. He was like, because I was baiting Ash or Droll." Right. Well, I'm like, that's fair. And then he just, ma- and then he just made Gustav leave game. I mean, it is what it is. Um, it gives them that surprise OTK factor. I mean, that's huge though. That's huge for that deck. I mean, oh yeah. They have that already if you're running... Um, Access code. Yeah, but otherwise... What's crazy, I see some of them doing it, is they'll run Effect Veiler and uh, Hockey Fibrax. Yeah, yeah, that would work. if they have any of the other ones, they can normal summon Effect Veiler and link link into Hulk, use Hulk, special summon out Gamma, and they can... Uh, they can like just keep climbing and climb into uh, access code talker. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's absolutely a play that they have using their hand trap tuners. Literally though, as uh, as extenders, which is absolutely fascinating in my opinion. Yeah, I like it. I think it's really, it's really creative for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it also gives them pay, a play on the backswing. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a it's a backfooted play to fall into. But I was talking to somebody that was trying the deck, and he said it comes up a lot. So, whatever yeah. works. And, you know, Access Code Talker. Yeah. Easily one of the strongest cards in the game at the moment. And that's why it's a hundred and what? 120? 130? 145 last time I looked. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That card needs a reprint so bad. Eh, it'll get one in the tens, probably. I, yeah, either the ten or, or like a... Premium Gold, Alt Art, and Eldorado. Gross. Dude, I don't like the new Premium Golds. I like them, personally. But, again, that's, you know, opinions. And you know what they say about opinions. Everyone has them, and they all stink. Pretty much. <clears throat> well, I think that'll about wrap us up for today. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, that's about all I got to talk about. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to our podcast today. We ask that you come back for Friday's episode, we upload every Tuesday and every Friday. Sometimes we'll even throw in a sneak episode in there every now and then. Mainly around panelist time. Not too yeah. often. But we do what we can. We ask that you please go follow us on our socials. On Twitter, we are at Top Cut Podcast. On, is it Top Cut Podcast? I think so. At Top Cut Podcast on Twitter. At uh, Dat Chumley for myself. At Jam the Man Seventeen for Caleb, please feel free to hit us up, DM us, ask us questions, hit us up out in the open. We love getting listener questions. We love getting feedback. We love anything, uh, whether it's just "Hey, we love the podcast," or whether it's "Hey, you got this wrong and you need to correct it." We will absolutely do that. Oh yeah, if you look at our previous episodes, we've been corrected, and we on the very next episode after we after we get told the correction, we. You know, at the very start of the show, go, hey, here's the, here's the correction. And we are so, so thankful that you listen closely enough to do that. Um, please, please, please leave us a like. Leave us a review on whatever app you are listening to. Um, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave us a review. It truly truly helps us out an enormous amount helps does, us uh, beat up the algorithm right it does not just help us as far as letting mm-hmm. us know how we're doing it also helps us in our in our algorithm like like Caleb said so we ask that you do these things for us and you know if you can't we understand but in the meantime we will be here We will be here every Tuesday and Friday to bring you more fantastic content. Got anything to add, Caleb? Nope. All righty. Everybody, have a good week. Take care, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.